Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, it's season four, and we're still going with that intro, huh? <laughs> I haven't really spent much time thinking of another intro. I love it. I think it's it's familiar. It feels like home. It does, you know, and people have been yelling at me, what the flock. That's the, the catchphrase when you That's, walk down the streets in our area. I, yes. That's what I've people heard, yell at you. Huh? I've heard some people yell that at me. And I uh, just get yelled at. It. I don't get a catchphrase yelled at me. I just get yelled at. Hey, I mean, some people are famous. Some people are infamous, but hey, <laughs> you're having an impact. We're having, you know, yeah, impact, 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 influence, right? Yes, you got that. Awesome. So this is season four. Yes. Four seasons. I can't believe it. Me neither. I, I don't know if I would have thought that back in season one days. Yeah, man. But, but here we are and we're. I think we're in the middle of the most momentum we've had yet. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Having, having a blast. Yeah. Season four, episode one, the first topic is church versus business. What? Let's have a battle to the death. Let's wrap our hands in uh, whatever they wrap their hands in, tape. And then let's Ooh, dip, yeah. and then let's dip them in glue, and then dip them in glass and nails, oh, and this is... th and light the ring on fire. Let's go, so, Pastor Joel. So this isn't just boxing. This is like kickboxer. <laughs> yes, with yes. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. All right. Or that, or what? The Hot Shots Part Two when he dips his hands in M and M's and stuff. Yeah, M and M's and and Carl. That one just makes me hungry. Let's keep going. All right. So what's the What's the background on this topic? Yeah, so another heavyweight bout. I love it. Yes. Business and church, church versus business. Let's break down the history or the background here. Let's just break down what each of these are. So business is an organization that has a goal to accumulate resources or to make money. The goal mm -hmm. is to make money. And they make money by offering a good or a service. So for example, think of your local hardware store. Mm -hmm. The local hardware store goal is to make money. And they do so by means of selling household hardware for home improvement. That sounds good. Right? I like that. That's a business. That's a business. A church an organization set up where the goal is to offer a good or service. That's the goal. We'll get specific to what those benefits and goods and services are later. But for now, the goal is to offer a good or service by means of resources, which includes money. So an example of this would be like a group of Christians who put on a Thanksgiving Day meal for the homeless. So the goal they're doing, the goal is to offer a good or service. Here, the goal would be to offer a meal. Mm -hmm. 
the means of doing so would be with people and food, aka resources. It takes money to buy the food, right? Mm-hmm. It takes money to pay for the electricity and the gas for the kitchen to cook the food, right? The goal is the serving. Uh-huh. But resources are needed in order to do the serving. So the difference between business and church is really what's the goal? And what's the byway of? Interesting. Yeah. We're talking about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. So we must be talking about it because people have been hurt. So how have people been hurt, Pastor Joel, by this topic? So people are either denying the fact that the church does need money and resources in order to provide the benefit. So they often offer nothing. Or people have turned the church into a business by focusing primarily on how much money they are accumulating. Mm. So they equate the amount of resources with the quality of the benefit being offered. So really it's one People deny the fact that church needs to focus on money at all. Or two, the church is too focused on money. Sure. Okay. So it's the, yeah, we don't need any money. No, there's no need to talk about money. There's no need to discuss anything to do with money. None at all. We pretend like it doesn't even matter at all. You shouldn't even have a budget group. You shouldn't like that's no, no budget meetings. Okay. You don't have faith in God if you do. Or it's way too much of a focus on on the money. Got it. Got it. Which is cool, right? Because what we have here is a big picture overview of the entire issue. We're seeing there are two sides to this argument. And and I think we're going to, once we get into either side, you'll see how this really breaks down and how this has impacted the church. Great. So let's do it. What is this? So let's start with the strict side. How does the strict side handle this topic of church versus business yeah the strict side is the side that treats church like a business and and again and you and i wouldn't even we wouldn't even say or necessarily believe that these people think they're running a business sometimes i think sometimes they might but overall i think a lot of times when people are on the strict side really in any topic they're often unaware that what they're doing is not the ultimate answer that god would want them to do but the strict side is the church is a business. Jesus is the CEO in the business books is the Bible, you know? Okay. Which there's a lot of implications here. A lot of ways this looks, a lot of ways that you could start recognizing whether or not your church is acting like a business. Do the pastors have to get paid and therefore you have to tithe? Mm. does your church have to have a building because church becomes the place to worship and not the people is the measure of the health of your church by we we like to say nickels and noses that was a term we heard from an old radio show host we used to listen to yeah nickels and noses money and people right Mm -hmm. 
is that how you measure the health? How many people, how much money? And, and really, again, it's the, the equating of the amount of resources with the quality of the be benefit. For instance, I actually had a conversation with a pastor here in the area years ago. I asked him how his church was doing. And he said, great, the attendance and the tithes are up over the last six months. Yeah. And it was this idea or this mentality that, you know what, we must be offering more and doing a good job because we have more money and we have more people. Yeah. So that's the strict side. And honestly, PJ, mm -hmm. this sounds all too familiar. I don't think there's many people listening right now who are thinking, I don't really know what they're talking about. Hmm. I haven't really seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do these people support the strict perspective with the Bible? We can take any verse that talks about tithing or giving to the church and make that verse a cause instead of an effect. For instance, Acts chapter 2 talks about the Lord adding to the church. So I could take a verse like that and say, well, then if the numbers are growing, the Lord must be pleased with us. So if the number if the numbers aren't growing, then God isn't pleased. Right. I mean, that would be the other side. That would make sense. But no, we don't want to hear that. Okay. But we will say if our numbers increase, <laughs> okay, then we must be doing a good job. Okay. But if our numbers decrease, you know, it's probably government oppression. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But then there's other verses. So Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if I use a verse like that to say, if you don't tithe, then you don't want to give people a benefit and you don't want to grow the kingdom of God and your heart must be in the wrong place. So yeah, that would be, that would be the biblical support I'd use to, if I was on the strict side, that's, that's some of the things you might hear out of people who are on the strict side, whether they know they're on that side or not. So how would you handle an interaction with someone on that side? Well, causality. For every effect, there's a cause. And one of the things we see damaging the church the most is when causality is flipped, when people treat effects like causes and contradictions, right? Mm -hmm. When there's contradictory. And one of the ways that, one of the ways we have contradictory beliefs and teachings is when causality is abused. So the question I could ask a person on the strict, on the strict side is, is the church supposed to focus on making money as a cause? Or take the business mentality again and say, is the church supposed to have its goal to be the accumulation of money? And then I could ask the other side of this is like, specifically, what benefit are you offering people? And would you give it to them even if they didn't pay you? Nice. And, and often, so what happens here is these people tend to not be able to identify the specific benefit that they're supposed to offer. And they flip causality, making money the cause. Hmm. So essentially church has made money 
or resources the priority. We're going to make money. We're going to accumulate resources as a priority over offering the benefit of Christianity. Right, right. So the, our, the ultimate benefit is getting more people. The ultimate benefit is getting more money. Yes. Quantity, that, quantity, quantity, quantity. And the measure or the proof of success is money and resources. Yeah. And more money and more, re- more money and more people. Mm. But like you helped us see the proof of not doing good is definitely not less money and less people. Okay. Awesome. Perfect time to check our phones and look at that. We have a call from our friend, our pastor from McMillan, Alabama, Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan, it is I, Pastor Richard Tater, calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? I missed you so much. You know, I definitely have so much to say upon this matter of church versus business. You know, I always heard, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, preached as the measure that having stuff proves that I'm righteous. And the more stuff I have, the more righteous I am. Oh, wow. And did you believe that, Pastor? (laughs) I can tell you already know that I didn't. And you probably know which verse I quoted, Pastor Joel. 1 Timothy 6.3. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. I knew you knew that verse. Seeing as how it mentioned doctrine, you know, one of your favorites. I'm paraphrasing, but it says if anyone doesn't teach according to doctrine, which is according to godliness, then remove yourself from them, specifically supposing that gain is godliness. Hey, Pastor Tater, did you hear that we talked with Dickie? I mean, Rich? Yes. Well, thank you both. Mrs. Tate and myself learned so much from your talk with Dickie. I mean, with Rich. Did you reach out to him? Yes, and it didn't end well. Uh, It began great. Uh, Dickie said he still loved us and thought about us, but I asked him about his church, and one thing led to another, and I was just trying to help him, but... He's doing things so differently. I guess I still have a lot of tradition in me when it comes to church. Yeah, that's understandable, Pastor Tater. And I just think it's awesome that you're growing. I can't wait to hear what you think about the rest of this episode. Uh, Yes. Yes, I couldn't wait to call. Seeing as how you are talking about one of my passions. The church. I will hang up and listen to the rest of y'all show. This was my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless. Wow. Listen to that, man. Our favorite caller, Pastor Richard Tater. 
It seems like this episode is coming at the perfect time, Pastor Joel. Uh, Pastor Tater's experience sounds very different from Rich's. Yeah, uh, I can see some tension that might build between them because of the unique ways that their churches are being run. Or at least that's what it sounds like. But Mm. great to hear from Pastor Tater again. And what's cool, like usual, when we get these calls, especially, you know, Pastor Tater and his family, they always give us so much fuel to discuss and so many awesome perspectives. He gave us an even worse example of flipping causality. Because a misinterpretation of God's word leads to people believing that the only way I can end up with more money is if I'm seeking God, which then results in money being the measure of my Christianity. Mm. And that is so damaging. So thank you, Pastor Tater. And it actually brings up something that I want to cover real quick. That's a concept that is going to break break down the church versus business really well. And also this may help us with future episodes. So here we have this heavyweight bout, right? Church versus business. There's always the smaller fights that open the big match for the night, right? Yep. Well, we have a smaller hurdles versus drivers. Okay. So this is like the lightweight bout. So let's look at what a hurdle is versus a driver. A hurdle is a required level that must be met in order to have progress. But the profitability in that aspect drops off after that level is exceeded. For instance, how many cup holders are in your car, Pastor Jonathan? Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, something like that. 10. That's a lot, right? Yeah. That's great. Would your car be better if it had 45 cup holders? (laughs) No, no. So there's a maximum amount. There's a cap to the profitability on the amount of cup holders in your car. Eventually it's like, okay, enough's enough. 12 is enough cup holders that any car could ever need. Nice. That's a hurdle. Yeah. But if there wasn't a cup holder, then you're like, crap, I can't drive my car as well with my coffee, right? Yep. A driver is something that continues to give a return as the quantity of that aspect increases. This is where growth comes in. This is something that can always grow. Okay. Car analogy, this would be gas mileage. No one's going to tell you that no, I do need my engine to, or I need my gas mileage to be at least a hundred miles to the gallon. No, it's, I don't want to have to put gas in my car. Right. Like, Indefinitely. Is, keep yes. going, keep going. Uh, it is a hundred miles, 200 it's, miles, 300, right. 400, et cetera. It's going to be better. The more miles on a gallon, the better. Nice. So the way we can see a uh, church with hurdles and drivers is like this. The hurdle is the money or the resources. We do need to address these things in a church or we will get off course or our progress will be hindered. For instance, if I'm not paying my electric bill or rent, we 
don't have a building to meet. We don't have a place to congregate. Right. But that's a, there's a certain amount of money that I need in order for those things to happen. It's not an indefinite amount. Right. With our Thanksgiving meal feeding the homeless, a hurdle is the food. And the, the people serving the food and the money it takes to buy the food. How would I feed the homeless without those resources? So again, I'm distracted from my mission. Mm. My progress is hindered. But a hurdle means there's a cap. There is an enough amount. Nice. And enough for what? Enough to serve, to provide that benefit that your church is set to provide. Now, a driver for a church would be the ministry or the service you're providing itself. So we feed the homeless in order to help them, in order to love them, in order to serve our community. This is how we grow Mm -hmm. by loving how much love is enough. It's indefinite. There isn't enough love. Nice. Preaching the gospel, preaching the good news, spreading that word. How much is enough? There isn't enough. Nice. Giving these people coming to the Thanksgiving dinner, the tools that they need to use to be disciples themselves. Can we do that enough? No. These are drivers. The more we do these things, the better. Nice. So, I mean, and you could even say at Musical Life Church, we recognize we need resources in order to do our mission. Without people and even without a certain amount of money, we can't even do this podcast. Nice. There's resources you and I are using, Pastor Jonathan, that are required for us to be able to do this. But it's the truth and the purpose of this podcast that is driving us to continue to bring this benefit. What's motivating us? It's the service we're providing, not the money. Awesome. So a a hurdle ought to be enough to serve. Yeah. You have enough to serve and a driver is the more, the better. Right. Awesome. So thank you for that little supplementary teaching, the, the, uh, the prize fight or the yeah, opening, the, the, the <laughs> opening, the opening fight. Yeah. That's yeah. And great. I mean, thanks to pastor Tater. Cause it, a lot of what he said is flushing this stuff out even more. Cool. Awesome. Well, I look forward to using that to uh, that tool, the hurdles versus drivers to bring some clarity in hopefully future topics yeah i think it's really gonna it's really gonna help cool so what's the other side of the argument pastor joel we've just covered the strict perspective that the church has made uh money and resources the priority over offering so they've made the the money the driver and the uh, christianity or the benefits really the hurdle um so what is the other side of the argument the other side is, hey, let's not worry about money at all. You know what? God will take care of it. And if it doesn't work out, it must not have been his will for this thing to work out. And how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, we do need to do all things decently and in order. And Jesus spoke about money a lot. Mm, true. 
In fact, I think people on the straight side tend to bring up that point quite a bit. Yep. But Christians have a responsibility to partner with God in providing a service to his people. Jesus tells us to make disciples. We are in partnership with him. So we need to be responsible in this project we're doing with God, in this great commission we're doing with Christ, while being responsible with the resources, including the money. Mm. So there's a lot of ways people are being hurt by this, but really it's, again, on this loose side, it tends to be bucking responsibility. I don't want to have to, I want to do with my money what I want to do with my money. And I don't want to have to think about what God wants me to do with it. So you know what, whatever happens must be his will. I'll give him credit if good things happen. And I'll give him credit when bad things happen too. I'll say Mm. he must not have wanted this thing to happen. Interesting. So how would you handle an interaction with someone who had this loose perspective? I could ask the person, wait, are you saying you've never done anything to make more money? And you've always given God credit for the amount of money you have? Or really, we talked, you know, we said Jesus talked about money a lot. If we don't need to focus on money at all, why did Jesus talk about money so much? Nice. When you see this going on in the church, what are your thoughts? I see this manifest in three categories of people this topic we've been covering. There's the people I feel sorry for. These are people who are in a church that is run as a business and they don't even know they're being deceived. And the leaders are more focused on money than the people God has put in their care. There's the category of people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who leave the church due to frustration of not being helped with their lives, but being told that they need to give the church money anyways. So there's a contradiction. You tell me you tell me if I give, I'm helping you provide a service, yet you're not providing a service. So really, these people are being hurt by those who ignore the ministry driver. Hmm. That's what these leaders are doing, is ignoring the ministry driver. They're focused on the hurdle, treating the hurdle like a driver treating the money like a driver and ignoring what the church ought to be doing, which is driving this ministry or service perspective. And then there's the group of people I'm impressed with. These are leaders who recognize that the church is about giving a benefit to people. And they measure the health of their church by the spiritual profitability of their people, while also recognizing the reality that they need resources to help them accomplish this greater goal. So what is the ultimate answer? The church offers a benefit through resources. Now, what are those benefits? I said I'd explain them to you. Yeah. You could really categorize it through salvation sanctification and discipleship nice that spectrum and this is really why we spent so much time on it seasons two and season three 
because Christian leaders in our experience tend not to be able to explain the benefits of Christianity, not to the level that God would want them to, but even worse, Christian leaders, leaders of churches can't explain the benefit of church. And I think this is why we are now in a place where this will be the theme of season four, the church. And now we're set up. We've already defined seasons two and season three. Here's, here's a really great 30, 30 topics for you to listen to to understand the benefits that church is supposed to provide. It's awesome. So we know that church is supposed to offer a benefit. But how does this actually work? So we need to keep flushing out this topic. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.